So your upcoming host, Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, all this rain yesterday and overnight, we've got more flooding in southeast Queens. So you say you want to be mayor of this here New York City. Well, Mayor Giuliani, Mayor de Blasio, Mayor Adams, they've all failed to do anything about this flooding in southeast Queens. So, Mr. Sliwa, what is your plan? I know that you left out the billionaire Bloomberg. Huh? What is that, job security? Uh, yeah. In case you get fired from here, you go over there and they give you a free buffet, right? I did forget Bloomberg. Yeah, yes. yeah, of course, on purpose. By the way, before we get into flooding and high winds, and you're right about that, they never did anything. That car that was in that high-speed chase in Elizabeth, you said it had been a previous situation. The car that allegedly hit the taxi was, according to police, running away from some other crash or incident. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. See if my prognosis is correct, Jersey boy. It was South Orange Avenue. It fled Newark. It went right to Irvington and ended up in Elizabeth. Let's see if I turn out to be true. I'm like Karnak the Magnificent when it comes to uh, New Jersey. You joined this Gentile from Bloomfield, huh? Huh? And by the way, uh, yes, you're right. Many people are now saying to me, it's easy for you to complain because, you know, AC, alternating current, Always stands for, also stands for Curtis, always complaining. And you're absolutely right. Well, what we need in this city, and you could use it over in Jersey, we need a modern-day version of Art Carney from the Honeymooners who played the role of Ed Norton. That's what we need. First, uh, your name? Uh, Edward L. Norton. Edward L. Norton. And uh, your occupation? I'm an engineer. Engineer. <laughs> and subterranean sanitation. Oh, and uh, <clears throat> where do you live, Mr. Norton? I live in the garden spot of the world, Brooklyn, USA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, let me let me let me straighten you out. Okay. We know that Art Carney, aka Ed Norton, did not graduate high school. He immediately went to work in the sewers, and as a civil servant, he worked his way up in the sewer department. He described his job, you heard, as a sub-supervisor in the subdivision of the Department of Subterranean Sanitation, and he said, I just keep things moving along. It's what we used to have here. It's what you used to have in Jersey. Every month, the Department of Sewers, now they call it the artsy-fartsy department, Department of Environmental Protection. No, sewer workers. They would bring the truck with a derrick in the back, and the derrick would first pick up the sewer cap or the catch basin cap, and then it would go down and pull up the muck and mire and flotsam and jetsam that would be backing up the sewers that would cause the flooding, right? You've never seen that of late, not in Bloomfield, not in Irvington, not in Newark, not along the Jersey Shore where a little spritz of rain calls flooding, right? So that's what we need to go back to the old-time standards. And I, and I alone as a candidate for mayor, not only was I the only one locked up on Rikers Island numerous times, so I can tell you what it was like from the inside out, I was down in the sewers, Right near the Paddockett Basin in Canarsie, that's where when there was the overflow from the, the street floods, they had the big circular sewers that allowed the flow to go right into the Paddockett Basin. And I would go down there looking to get Spaldings and Pensy Pinkies and see if, in fact, there were alligators in the sewer. And I would go way back, and there was these huge rats. 
I know. Can you tell me one candidate who's ever been down in the sewers of New York City, huh? Uh, no, I do not. I'm not aware of if they have been. So consider me an aficionado of sewers and also what to do in making sure there's no flooding. So elect me, and I guarantee you I will find out there amongst the many people who work in the sewers, although now they're called Department of Environmental Protection Workers. I will find an Art Carney out there, and Ed Norton, who has not graduated high school, maybe got a GED. But one thing they know how to do is get rid of the muck and mire. You see, Sliwa brings action. And if they can't do it, I'll go down with my galoshes, my hip-hugging boots, and do it the way I did as a kid. How about that, huh? Yeah, I mean, look, that sounds pretty good to me. I do know that the New York officials you may be up against would likely blame climate change and that storms are more intense these days. Yeah, you keep knocking yourself out with that explanation, right? How about cleaning out the catch basins and the sewers like they used to do in days of old? Talk Radio 77 WABC. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reef. This is the Riffin' Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Reed. and the Heartbreakers, this is the anthem of all of us who are rebels who are resisting the illegal invasion of our country by massive numbers of illegal aliens, mostly at the southern border, Texas, uh, Arizona, California, the biggest ports of both legal and illegal entry. We're going to get to that momentarily. And increasingly more of the illegal aliens who use the cover of NAFTA, North American Free Trade Agreement, to do a hop, skip, and a jump. That means to get to Mexico City, fly directly to Toronto or Montreal, and then work their way down, cross over into Plattsburg in New York State, or over in Burlington, Vermont, and then next stop, Port Authority, New York City, in which thousands each week are flooding our city. And yet, with this invasion just choking us here in the city and in the state in our country, Eric Adams, a beaten mayor who has lost his swagger, consistently will tell everybody that New York City's policy is open borders. We believe the borders should remain open. That's the official position of the city. And again, again, I say over and over again, city council is huddling today down at City Hall 
They're going to beat up the mayor on his proposed budget cuts, draconian, all because he wants to give that money of ours, the New York City taxpayers, to the illegal aliens. Whatever they want, they get. And for the rest of us, it's Ugats or Bupkis. And for the homeless, the destitute, the emotionally disturbed, those who are strung out on drugs and alcohol, to the back of the line, to the back of the bus, most of them are African-Americans. And by the way, if not for the African-American vote, Eric Adams would never have been elected mayor of the city of New York. But let's get to um, breaking news, because that's what I do here. Generally, I do it as the hors d'oeuvre to my contribution to... uh, To uh, a man who, let's just face it, has become an institution in his own mind. I'm going to have to pimp slap uh, our own guy, Sid Rosenberg, uh, in the last segment of this show. You're not going to want to miss it. In fact, it will cause me to jeopardize the position that I take every morning, Monday through Fridays at 7.05. He actually threatened me, threatened me in the hallway on his way out. Well, we'll see. Because I'm not backing off. I don't back off from Sid or anybody else. But let's hit that breaking news sounder, please. Breaking news, WABC. All right, let's get in on news director, Noam Layden, uh, who has been uh, working uh, directly on my part as I've been doing covert in intel on the uh, whereabouts of our missing in action uh, police commissioner, Eddie Caban, who now has three nicknames. Out of town, Eddie Caban, no cojones, uh, Caban, and incognito Caban. Nobody has seen this guy. Uh, There was an award ceremony at one police plaza over the weekend, and rightfully so. Two retired uh, New York City Police Department uh, members were down in Atlanta. They were taking the Martin Luther King uh, tour. I've been down there, looked at the house he was birthed in, looked at the house that he raised uh, his uh, children in, the church that he preached from. Uh, It's a heavily trafficked tour area in rightfully so. And these two uh, retired NYPD police officers saw a person who was attempting to torch the house that Martin Luther King uh, was born in. And they tackled him. And they turned them over to the Atlanta Police Department, and they were rightfully lauded in one police plaza. If you noticed, um, Noam Layden, uh, there was no police commissioner at that ceremony, was there? There was not. He was not there, no. And as a result, I asked you both before the end of the week and today again to call DCPI. Can you explain what DCPI is? Well, DCPI is the public information office for the NYPD. So anything that happens, crimes or that kind of thing for the press, we go to them and they give us the information on that. So you called the weekend group and you called the weekday group, two different groups, right? That is correct. Did you get a response? I got a response over the weekend that they told me when he does have availability or when he's out and about, we'll get some sort of press release in our email telling us what he's up to. And have you received a press release? Not that I've seen in the last couple of days, no. <laughs> he's missing in action. Now, I think I know why, but I'm, I, I'm not at liberty to say yet. My wife has to connect all the dots. As you know, she keeps me from getting fired because I have an agreement with John Katsimatidis. If I'm wrong, as you know, Noam Layden, you've been told this, I'm gone. It's a very sensitive subject. So I know that he is slated 
and this is every police commissioner, the last one, Keyshawn Sewell, they host a annual Christmas party down in Wall Street. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, is that party. If he's not hosting that annual event, there's something wrong. Would you agree with that? Uh, I, I would. I would say so. In fact, the fact that he missed a policing event last week when they were talking about the Jewish community and keeping them safe during Hanukkah, he was not at that. And if he's not at this event coming up this week, yeah, that would be big news. And he hasn't been talking about transit crime or shoplifting. He's, he's missing in action once again. My nicknames for the brand-new police commissioner is out-of-town Eddie Caban. He was in Qatar, remember? He was in Somos in Puerto Rico. No cojones Caban, because he won't stop these Hamas supporters from crossing the bridges. And incognito Caban. So maybe he's out there doing undercover work, but nobody has seen him. So please stay on this, uh, News Director Noam Laden. It'd be my pleasure to do so. And in addition... Could I have the other breaking news sounder there? Uh, wrong way, Lou Rafino. Bro, more breaking news. You get two in one breaking second. Breaking news, WABC. Wow, it's uh, a doubleheader today. Uh, I made a tour of some of the existing migrant shelters, and I noticed, uh, Justin Ellick, that there are two uniformed cops that are assigned to the migrant shelters, whether they're tents, whether it's a no-tell, motel, holiday inn without the express, whether it's a regular brick-and-mortar shelter. Two uniformed police officers assigned around the clock, sometimes with no car. They are not, now get this, I'm the first to report this, they are not permitted to go inside of any of these shelters. Why? You, pray tell, would you not let a police officer inside any of these shelters? Number two, if something breaks out, they are not permitted to make an arrest. You got that? If illegal aliens start fighting, swinging and winging, as they just did a few nights ago outside the New York Row Hotel on 45th and 8th, you can see all the illegal Vespas, all the uh, illegal uh, electric bikes in front. None of them registered. None of them with any kind of paperwork. They should all be seized and impounded. And the illegal aliens were brawling like jets and sharks. No arrests were made. So what the hell do we have two uniformed cops assigned to these migrant shelters? That means three shifts a day, morning, noon, and night, in which they can't go inside. They don't and not permitted to make any arrests and are asking me, the guy they said should be mayor, Curtis, what the hell are we doing here? And that's a good question. I'm going to need our news director, Noam Layden, to double up on our DCPI and ask, why is this the policy? So you see, ladies and gentlemen, you listen to me on the rip and read, because I don't just repeat what every other show is going to repeat. I give you breaking news. And remember, my agreement with John Katzmatidis is, if I'm wrong, I'm gone. It's high noon. Every Monday through Friday, 12 to 1, where you're always going to hear breaking news. And let's see if any of my detractors can disprove it. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. 
Mark it down on your calendar, ladies and gentlemen. The Ides of March are upon you, Eric Adams, March 15th. And it appears that there are two folks of whom you know through the years politically who are prepared to stick the shiv into you and bleed you out politically. One is Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who in the poll that I broke here exclusively on WABC in a head-to-head match uh, with a hypothetical primary in 2025 would beat Eric Adams by 20 points and would win in every category across the board, including in the African-American community. And then there's the little Pisha, the little Schmendrick, the Schmuck, the Putz, the Mameluke, Scott Stringer, who's doing his own polling. And uh, it's interesting that both he and Cuomo have been charged with sexual harassment, as has the mayor, Eric Adams. But apparently the team of Andrew Evilized Cuomo and Scott Stringer are prepared by March 15th to stick the shivs into Mayor Eric Adams. And now thrust with the thrill of victory on his comeback trail, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, who is listening intently as we speak on our FM affiliate. It goes out to the east end of Long Island. It's WLIR, FM standing for feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and Frank the Mameluke Morano. He listens in the Fredo compound, his brother Chris Cuomo, as they've hit the mattresses and are stirring the marinara sauce and plotting his political comeback now that their wartime consigliere, who just finished six years in federal prison for political corruption, Joe Pococo, is out and collecting his assortment of Louisville sluggers, both aluminum and ash wood to bend the opponent's legs and stuff it in their pocket if they dare stay in the path of the resurrection and comeback of Andrew Evilized Cuomo. I said it this morning, and I will say it again. I am in the preliminary stage of forming a committee, a Stop Cuomo committee. Please, wrong way, Lou Ruffino, I need my music because I'm going to tell a story here that is following in the footsteps of what you saw in The Godfather when Michael Corleone traveled in the footsteps of his father, The Godfather, and went back to his place of birth in Corleone, Sicily. But do know that we must stop Cuomo. He destroyed the state of New York, and now he's been resurrected like Lazarus from the dead, and he is intent on destroying New York City. And unfortunately, in poll after poll, folks are apt to allow him to do that because they're masochists. They're like human piñatas. Just keep sending me these derelict politicians, many of whom would have been arrested if they hadn't uh, stepped aside like Andrew Cuomo did, 
and you just allow them to resurrect themselves and to try to uh, humanize themselves to all of you. So let's uh, trace Andrew Evilize Cuomo's resurrection here at WABC. He has now been on WABC seven times. In fact, WABC, which has always stood for always broadcasting Curtis, and also always broadcasting Katsimatidis, now might as well the acronym always stand for always broadcasting Cuomo under controlled circumstances. He won't get into the pit with Sid Rosenberg in the morning, even though he had a very long conversation and was prepared to do so. And then called up at the witching hour before 12 midnight and said, I will not appear with you because he knew that Sid would drop the hammer on him. And he certainly would never appear with me, although the offer is open. To come into Studio 77 and have a good old fashioned debate, just like DeSantis has recently done with Gruesome Newsom, the governor of California. And everybody gave them both high marks for getting in the pit. And scrapping with Sean Hannity as the moderator. But let's put that aside. He has found a comfort zone at WABC with one and only one of our broadcasters. He crashed and burned twice when he came on with John Katsimatidis. Crashed and burned when he came on with Rita Cosby. Then he came on with the real estate woman, who I always seem to be forgetting her name. And crashed and burned with her, and then figured, maybe I need a foil. So on one of the days that Greg Kelly was off, he's on one to three. The substitutes were Andrew Evilize Como, the Swachim, and uh, Scaramucci, the Schifosa, who has... Uh, been a sycophantody and lackey of John Gotti Sr., in fact, named his restaurant after the Bergen Hunt Fish and Shoot Human Beings Club at 101st and South Ozone Park. It was the worst two hours of radio I ever, ever heard, and I've been listening to radio since I was 13 years old, which if I were a Jew would have been the time I would have been Bob Mitzvah. I'm telling you, I would have had the moil... Uh, Impale me with the Rambo knife. The worst. I mean, neither Scaramucci or the uh, Svachin, Andrew Evilize Como, addressed any serious issues. Now, it was basically, let's just take over two hours of talk time and try to resurrect the career of Andrew Evilize Como. And that has failed. But there is one person, when he's come on, that has been able to actually detect some human traits in him, some normalcy in a man who has been a monster and a beast in politics, who has savaged his friends and his many foes. For a second time, Andrew Evilize Cuomo came on with Cindy Adams on Sunday at 2 o'clock, and he decided he would tell the story of how he traced the footsteps Michael Corleone and went back to the uh, country of origin of his mother, Matilda Siciliano, actually her father, his grandfather, Rafa, affiliated with organized crime. My three daughters uh, all came and we went to Sicily. Sicily is where my mother's people are from, as you know. Yeah. 
my mother's side is Sicilian. My father's side is Napolitan, outside of Naples. Uh, and we went through Sicily, which is just a beautiful place. And the history and the uh, architecture is really amazing. Syracuse. Notice he said Syracuse in a reference to New York Syracuse. He was followed by two bodyguards with shotguns who were telling him in the Sicilian dialect that, yes, a, a woman is more dangerous than a loaded shotgun. Because, you know, Andrew Evilize Como has always been a curb jumper. He's been a touchy-feely guy, always blaming it on the Italian culture, that disgraziata. But there they were. Shotgun-toting bodyguards accompanying Andrew Evilize Cuomo and his family as they they followed the footsteps of Michael Corleone. And then he told Cindy Adams how his daughter got proposed to. While we're there, uh, Mariah's boyfriend joins us for a couple of days. I'm at the breakfast table with him, and he says, uh, do you mind if I uh, ask you a question? I think he's going to ask me about uh, Israel and Palestine. (laughs) Yeah, okay. He said that he uh, wanted to propose, and we had the conversation about it. And he proposed to Mariah in the town that my grandfather came from. Right out of the Godfather. Right out of the Godfather. Interesting. Uh, Justin Ellick, can you do some research? Whatever happened to that state trooper who was snacking on one of his daughters at the governor's mansion when he was there on Eagle Street? And when the godfather, Andrew Evilice Cuomo, found out about it, he exiled him up to the barracks in Plattsburgh. Remember, exiled him so far away and said, you better never come near my daughter. Whatever happened to that? But of course... He doesn't want to talk about that. And then as a proud father of three young ladies, he wanted to share with Cindy Adams what his mission in life is. He gave her a ring, so she's officially engaged. They're starting to talk about dates and everything. So uh, one down, two to go. They're trying to humanize himself with other fathers out there who have daughters. And remember all of those presidents who have had daughters only? Am I right in saying this wrong way, Lou Ruffino? There was Bush 43 with the two Bush girls. There was Bill Clinton, obviously with his daughter. Barack Obama, two daughters. Donald Trump broke that because he has boys and girls. But you see, Cuomo wants to keep on the tradition because... Daddy's uh, daddy's favorites, his daughters, always softens daddy. Everybody knows that. And he actually admitted a fault that he never spent enough times with his daughters in growing up. The first time I've ever heard Andrew Evilized Cuomo, that's Fachim, admit that he wasn't as good as he should have been. My kids are older now, and in many ways, I I missed a lot of things with them, Cindy, you know? Yeah. Uh, when you're always working, and it, it goes fast, and now uh, they're in their late 20s, and they have their own lives. 
So everybody in listening to that, everybody was listening intently. They said, oh, what a great father he is. Maybe we need to take a second look at Andrew Evilais Cuomo. Maybe he's changed. In fact, in his first appearance with Cindy Adams a few months ago, she was able to once again tap into maybe that one vein, that one artery of humanity that he has in his entire body and soul. When she asked him about being warm and fuzzy. Can it be that maybe you're just not warm and fuzzy? Is that what was needed and wasn't there? First of all, I'm not fuzzy. I don't want to be fuzzy. I don't even know what fuzzy means. I'm from New York. We don't have fuzzy in New York. And then finally, where Cindy Adams wanted to perform a shidduch. You should know what that is, Justin Ellick. A shidduch for Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo, the curb jumper. How about another new woman in your life? Is it possible? Is it possible? Why? Do you have any recommendation? No, but listen, I know people. I mean, I'm, oh, well, I'm interested in helping my friend. Yeah, well, if you know someone, keep me in mind. You see? You see how he's trying to bamboozle all of you? How he's using technology to suddenly say, you know, I'm not the guy you think I am. He hides in black churches. He will only go to black churches because he knows. Look, they forgave Menendez. They forgave Anthony Weiner. They forgave Andrew Evilized Cuomo's go to the sanctuary in a black church, and they are very forgiving. But I know you're listening right now in your compound where you've hit the mattresses and you're stirring your marinara sauce. I am not waiting, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, for you to make a decision. I am forming a committee to stop Cuomo. Whether you think you're going to become mayor of the city and destroy this city like you destroyed our state over my dead body. Or if you decide to challenge Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in a primary. Or even Tish James as the attorney general because that would be a blood feud of vendetta and you originally were the attorney general. I will make it my business to stop you in your tracks. And I hope that many in our audience will join my effort. More information will be upcoming. A committee to stop Andrew Evilized Cuomo before he finishes his job in this lifetime of destroying New York City. Talking about this is the Riffin Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This morning, Sid Rosenberg in the 8 o'clock hour had on Steve Bannon from the War Room, who's like Darth Vader. In fact, You'll see in May, this guy's going to go on trial for scamming money that was meant to build a wall along the U.S. southern border to finish what President Donald Trump had started. It's the We Build the Wall case. You have uh, two guys who've already pled guilty to federal charges. 
and been uh, a third sentenced to prison. One of them was a paraplegic who acted as the spokesperson. It was all a fraud. Now, did Sid Rosenberg mention that at all? Of course not. Because Steve Bannon has learned that the way to get to Sid Rosenberg is to stroke him. Sid, thank you so much uh, for having me on. But no, the president's a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. He's got a, a lot of huge fans. I keep saying the show should be uh, syndicated across the nation. Best, best morning show in the country. Oh, my God. That's like music to Sid's ears. Now, it was maybe an eight to ten minute interview with Steve Bannon. And within eight to ten minutes, Steve Bannon was kissing his talkers at least three or four times. In fact, within three minutes of their discussion, he started praising Sid the Peacock again. That's why your show uh, ought to be nationwide. I mean, that's the pivot point. Oh, my God. But it didn't stop there. When uh, they were prepared to say au revoir to one another, Steve Bannon of the War Room had to get in one last kiss of Sid's tuchus. Sid, thank you, and uh, and keep hitting it. I told Cats the first day that your show was the best show he had when he bought the station, so keep it up, brother. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Want to bet that Steve Bannon has never listened to Sid Rosenberg in the morning. And by the way, as a litmus test, how about asking Steve Bannon if his show, The War Room, were on at the same time as Sid Rosenberg in the morning? Who would he recommend that people listen to? Huh? But then again, I've been cold busted by the combination of Justin Ellick and Wrong Way Lou Rufino because they say that I am just as guilty as Steve Bannon and everyone else of stroking the peacock, Sid Rosenberg. On the number one show in America, let's be clear, not in the tri-state area in America. Yeah, yeah, you got me, uh, wrong way, Lou Rufino. You got me, uh, Justin Ellie. no doubt about it. But I will tell you this, Sid took great umbrage uh, after I said this morning that even if Pol Pot were alive or Stalin or even Adolf Hitler, if they would stroke him the way Steve Bannon did, he'd probably say nice things about them. Oh, my God, I love him. has mastered what everybody knows out there. Just go up to Sid and say, oh, I listen to you every day, Sid. You're the greatest radio guy of all time. If Pol Pot could do that, Stalin, (laughs) Hitler, you would love them too. No doubt about it. So Sid was getting, his uh, phone was like blowing up with texts. People were telling him, uh, why are you laughing? Curtis was making fun of you. was basically saying that you have no radar when it comes to determining who's a friend and who's a foe. That your foe yesterday, all they got to do is stroke you and they're a newfound friend. So Justin Ellick, his executive producer, can attest to this. Sid had words with me on the way out, and he said he's thinking of having Steve Bannon on every morning at 7.05 instead of me. Maybe, maybe putting me on once a week. And I said, oh, so the route to getting on the Sid Rosenberg show is that you have to kiss both of his cheeks. And I'm not talking on his face. I'm talking on his tookers. 
Well, let's see if tomorrow when I show up, if I'm going to be on at 7.05, because he left very angry. Apparently, what he thought was quite funny earlier, he became very jaundiced and very suspect of it because he was saying, oh, maybe I'll just have Steve Bannon on. Well, I'm going to tell you, Sid, if you're going to have Steve Bannon on Darth Vader, maybe you should ask him why he duped donors who gave money to build a wall along the U.S. southern border. And why he's going to be on trial for that in May. And maybe Sid will be sitting in the front pew, the front row, to give Steve Bannon tactical air support. Oofa, Sid.